Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. So today, today I want to just, at the start of the year, I want to remind you of this simple thing. God put potential on the inside of you. You were too quiet. And this is because most of us don't actually fully believe this. God put greatness on the inside of you. Do you believe it? God put greatness on the inside of you. It's time for some of us to start to get vision and get dreams again. Some of us, the enemy has robbed your ability to see the greatness, the potential, the promise that God put on the life of every one of us. I mean, it's time for some of us to prophesy to dead and dry bones again. It's time for us to awaken the dreamers, awaken the sleepers, those, those, those things that have gone to sleep, those prophetic promises and dreams. I believe God wants you to know you've got potential, amen? He didn't give more to one person or another. And, and from what I said before, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe the only way we see revival, the only way we see another great outpouring, that I believe Jesus is coming back soon. And I believe revival that ushers in His return happens not because of a preacher, not because of a leader, not because of a church name. It's when the whole church, every individual awakens up the greatness and the potential that's on the inside of us and God sees He's His church, not His leader. His church come alive and all of us hunger and thirst and run and dream after the potential God put on the inside of every one of us. Amen. I mean, maybe you've joined this church. It's the start of a year, that sort of thing happens. If you've come here and you thought, I'll check out the pastor, the preacher, the leader and make a decision, I want you to know we are not and we do not wanna be a personality-led church. We don't believe, we've got, a, we've got one person that leads our church and his name is Jesus Christ. And God establishes leadership and structure and giftings. But let me tell you, the church does not walk in revival because Aaron led work today and I preach the Word today. It happens because every one of us, His bride, His family, His children say, God, let the promise, the potential, the grace inside of me awaken anew and afresh. When His people call out His name, when we realise He died not for one, but for the whole world. When we say, God, I'm a part of this and my potential releases your potential, releases your potential, when we as a church get on our knees, there was something cloudier. When you got on your knees today, I just felt that another level of the Spirit breaking out. I feel like maybe it's time for the church to get on its knees again and say, God, let it not just be in them, but let it be in me. God has potential on your life. Amen. Oh, I just feel like prophesying, speaking into people today. There's a three chapters of the Bible where Jesus tells the same parable. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John had, had gone camping, so he wasn't there. And, uh, but those three see Jesus say, do they tell this parable, and it's so powerful, they all have to repeat it. And I'm not gonna read it today, but maybe if you don't know what to read this week, read these over and over again, and just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through what Jesus is saying in these parables. It's a parable of a farmer that sowed some seed. Everyone say seed. 
Now, every one of these, uh, every one of these parables starts with this same line. Uh, very similar, it says this, and we use Luke's to start, Luke 8 verse five, it says, read it with me, a farmer went out to sow his seed. seed. Now what is seed? Of course, seed is the Word of God, but if you were to take a seed, what is a seed? A seed is potential. Everyone say potential. potential. When you look at a seed, you might not think it has much potential, it's small, there's nothing special about it, it's not floral, it's not fragrant, it's, it's just a seed. But what a farmer knows and what God sees in you is that no one else may see the potential on the inside of you and it may seem ordinary, may not seem whole, may seem broken on the outside, but on the inside of you is great potential. In the inside of a seed is the ability to see multiplication. And on the inside of a seed is the ability to see a harvest. This is why I'm convinced if we as a church realise that the harvest season God has for us is not because of a church changing its name. It's not because of a church's age or a preacher. It's in the, when you are a seed and you are a seed and you are a seed and we let the harvest on the inside of me come out. When my harvest connects with your harvest, connects with their harvest, together all of a sudden we have the great harvest and revival time that I believe God's leading us into. In every area of your life, there is potential. In your family, there is potential. In your marriage, even if it doesn't feel like like it on the outside, there is the seed of potential. In your workplace, there is potential. In your kids, there is potential. Do you believe it today? Inside of you, God put greatness. Now this world, this world says potential's a young person thing. And I just wanna rebuke that for a moment. Because some of us are listening to that lie and that is not true. Oh, it's true, there is potential in you young people. But it is not limited to young people. Me and, and Dan, one of our, my great friends, we're talking about this, this week. We often say at 25, you've got potential, find it. At 35, you've got potential, use it. At 45, you're getting old now, you've got potential, maximise it. At 55, have worked it out, you better benefit from it. And 65 and onwards, well, potential's done, you should just teach it. But that is not how the Bible works. And there are some people here today that have said my most fruitful days are behind me. But John 15 says there will be fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit. And that the older you get and the more you progress and the more you mature, there is a greater, more eternal harvest that is coming. The Bible is a book of Mary's and Elizabeth's of David's and Zacharias, of people of all ages and stages that do not limit or restrict themselves because of age, health or season to the seed of potential that God put on the inside of you. Uh, There is a study that's going around lately and I actually listened to a a great church commentator and he's very good saying that the, the next wave of the church and trend of the church is that the boomer generation is walking away from the church. Those that are somewhere in their late 50s to late 70s, so accept it and move on. But I don't accept that. I, I, I think trends are trends, but the only way we see revival is when all generations say, it's our time. It's not my time or their time, it's our time. And together we walk together and pray together and give together and bring together and love together and serve together and pray for one another. Revival is not just for one age, it's for the entire church to awaken the potential that's on the inside of them. So if you 
you're a young person, there's potential in you. But if your hair's a little bit more grey or if it went to be with the Lord, I wanna tell you, there's potential on the inside of you too. It's just time to realise it and awaken it, amen? Woo! Thought I was gonna teach today. Read it this week, teach yourself. Um, so Jesus, and I'm not gonna go into it, then goes on and says, so there's four surfaces this seed potential can go into. I'm only gonna talk on one of them today, but the first one, uh, and we'll put it up, we'll go from all the different chapters that talk about this. Luke's version says, it was a hard path. I'm just gonna make an assumption today, you're in church, so maybe you're not the hard path. What's great is God lets you choose what type of surface you're gonna be. Sometimes, uh, We've heard this preached with condemnation. If you're hard, I can I say, no, be who you feel God's called, be, be the person God's called you to be. I don't think God categorizes people. He gives you the option and a choice to make a decision who you're gonna be. But I'll make an assumption that today you're in here, so maybe you've got a soft heart to the seed and the Word of God. Um, but this is why Pastor Tony was talking about Alpha, because who knows people that are hard to the Word of God, hard to church, hard to the Gospel, Often I find people aren't hard to Jesus though. That's why we've got Alpha. We'll just put it up whenever I refer to them. That. Just the ability to bring people and invite them to a conversation and a coffee, a meal, where we just talk about Jesus and life and they can have opinion. That's what's beautiful in this. It's not us slamming the gospel. I believe light shines in darkness, so we don't have to be afraid of darkness, we just gotta shine light. And where everyone come have a discussion, what they believe, believing that the truth of Jesus will shine to them that maybe find faith a little bit hard, amen? The next group, of course, is in Mark's version, it says that the seed went on some places where there was rocky soil, and then it uses this word shallow. Uh, maybe you're here today and, and your walk with God isn't deep. You get to make a choice whether the seed in you germinates and has fruit. So this is one thing I know about a seed. Catch this. A seed will only ever have fruit if it's planted. A fruit will not, a seed will not bear fruit on the surface. A seed has to be planted. So I wanna encourage you today, if you're not planted in an environment that allows the greatness on the inside of you to come, you will have opinion and you will have ideas and you will know of the greatness that's in your life but it will never bear fruit in others. You see, a seed, when it gets out of its packet or wherever it is and gets in the soil, no one has to tell the seed how to grow. The seed in the right environment automatically dies to itself and then grows new life. Can I say, if your kids just visit church because you visit church, and I say this as your pastor with love, they won't be planted and they will never have the full potential that God has for them shown in their life. If you're not planted, if you're not in an environment, not visiting or on the surface, but planted, no condemnation or guilt today, just choose to get planted. Because at, at the start of next month, what we're gonna do, and we always do this, the last few years messed it a little, but we're gonna have 14 days of prayer and fasting. I don't get excited for fasting, but I, I want the fruit of fasting. So it's your chance to say, right, prayer's one way to get me deeper in soil. I'm, I'm gonna get planted. I'm gonna get in the Word, I'm gonna get, can I say, water baptisms. Uh, well, the reason I put it up if we can't, water baptisms. Uh, I believe this is the way to once you've found Jesus, make a decision, I am going deeper with God. 
Can I tell you one of our goals this year, and we'll talk about this in two weeks. We've got a faith goal that every single person that belongs to our church and knows Jesus gets baptised this year. Imagine a church where 100% of followers of Jesus had made this decision that I'm going deeper with God, and the water being a picture of leaving the past behind, but going to a deeper place and coming out anew. It's like a seed, it goes into the earth and then comes out. As Jesus went into the earth, He then came out. We go into the water, we then come out. I believe every person, not just sprinkled as a baby, but making a decision to get baptised. It doesn't matter if you're a leader, a connect group leader that's never done it, a new Christian. Imagine if we made a decision, I'm going deeper. I don't know if we put it up so you have a chance to scan it, keep it up, that, that, that you just can get baptised. We, we've got courses, we'll do a phone call, we'll give you a book, we'll, whatever, just get baptised. The Bible doesn't say do a four-week course. It says be saved and be baptised. Hey, we'll put on a course, but just decide to get baptised, amen? amen? Another way, if you're just on the surface, is I genuinely, with all of my heart, do not believe you can grow into your potential if you're not part of a small group community. I just think Jesus gave a clear model. We're gonna to gather together like this. We're to go into our worlds, but also to reconvene in homes. We're to eat food together, to learn and grow in the Word together. And, and I feel maybe some people that even ran Connect Groups one day, but you're no longer in one. And you feel, no, that's now that my days have passed me for that. No, no, this is your opportunity to go deeper into the things of God if you want His potential to come out in you, amen? So there's a hard surface. Then some of us may be here today and maybe feel like we're on the surface can I say, come and talk to us, we'll help you get deeper with God so there can be fruit. I'm gonna skip back to the third, that's where I'm gonna land today. And then there's the fourth surface, which is really the goal, but it's actually where most of us don't live. Most of us aren't seeing the fullness of this, maybe a portion of this. It says, it fell on good soil, the seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 100, 60, or 30 times what was sown. It says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Gee, this goes back to my point before, it doesn't matter if you've had fruit. Some of you internally have had this discussion. My best seasons for God were in my past. My best seasons for impacting and potential were in my past. Well, Jesus says, no, you'll start with 30, but if you just stay in that good soil and do what I show you today, you can have 60. And if you get 60, you can get 100. There's more that God has for your life, amen? amen. This is our goal, potential, potential realised. This is the church. I don't want a 30-fold revival. I don't want a 60-fold revival. I want to see Adelaide saved. He might be that's optimistic, like, you know, extroverted, pastoral, visionary conversation. No, I just believe Jesus died for the world and it's time for the church to play our part in sharing the message, awakening so all can know. But let's go to the third type of soil, which is where most of us will find ourselves. which is why I want to talk about it today. And no. When we read this, some of our old school teaching will make us feel like this is, oh, this is danger territory. You're in a bad place if you find yourself in the third soil. I found myself here recently. And I think we all do at different times. I actually think it's the ongoing pathway to see more fruit in your life. So take off the old condemnation kind of fear-based teaching. I don't believe that's how Jesus teached. I believe He continually provided opportunity for people to grow and progress into their next, amen? So Jesus says this in Matthew 13. He says, other seed fell amongst thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Now I wanna show you something here. The plants, didn't say the seed, the plants. So this is a good seed that finds itself in some good soil. The truth is, here is not bad environment. 
And here is not a bad seed. Here is a seed that grew into a portion of its potential. This is where most, Christian land, most Christians land. It's perfect for growth. But I wanna say to you, if you're here today and you're not growing, or if you're here today and you feel like the most fruitful seasons for God were behind you, we have to ask ourselves this question, what's happened? Not I'm bad or I'm done. No, God's potential is more. So Jesus is helping us here to realise how do we progress to have more fruit in our life? Because if it was the soil, let me say, God didn't make anything bad, amen? So you're a good seed. And if anyone's discounted you or told you that you were less than, you were not as good as, or you had less potential, they are not questioning you, they are questioning God, who is your creator. And if God does good in all that he does, do not question the seed, amen? amen. So then we start to question the soil. And we're waiting, there's just gonna be a day where I find that one right church where I have that one altar call, where I find that one preacher or that one song, and that's what, can I say, if we think about it for a moment, how many, between us, how many sermons have we heard over our time? Like, like how many tens of thousands? How many devotions have we done between all of us? How many podcasts have we listened to? How many connect groups have we attended? How many songs have we sung? And can I suggest to you, the Word is good and the preaching is good, and the connection is good, and His presence is good, and the songs are good, and the environment is good. So maybe it's not the Word, and maybe it's not the song, and maybe it's not the church, and maybe it's not the connect group. If the soil's good, and the seed is good, and that for therefore we've seen fruit in our life before, what's going on? So Jesus answers it for us, and He says, there's some thorns. Or if we do it in today's words, there's weeds. He goes, in the good soil, there's weeds. One thing I found is I'm not much of a gardener, but as I prepare good soil at home and I plant some things, the better the soil, the more the weeds. Has anyone else found that? The more I try to grow something beautiful, the more time I spend dealing with the ugly. Yeah. But it's worth it for the beautiful, but I spend more time weeding than I do watering the what's beautiful. And at the time I drive in and I see the weeds more than I see the good. And this is what we do too. We think weeds mean there's a problem. I actually think weeds are a confirmation of a good seed and some good soil and some great potential. I actually believe what Jesus is saying here is that whenever you make room for fruit to be in your life, the enemy does not want your fruit in your life to reach its potential. So he crowds out your environment with other the things that are growing but not fruitful are there in good soil but not blessed. It doesn't mean they're evil, but they are there to take what is good away from what God's best is. They wanna remove you and remove your thinking, remove your focus, remove your spirituality from what is best to just what is good. And he wants you to stay there, maybe not taking out your plant, but crowding your plant so it can never have more fruit. See, this is what's cool. You can be a mature seed and have grown fruit before, but what is just unseen is weeds. Jesus says it this way, and we'll put it up in Matthew, I think it is, Matthew 13. He said, other seed, we go, I'll read it, it says, other seed fell amongst the thorns which grew up. Everyone say grew up. 
it grew up. What happens is when you're a fruit-bearing seed and you grow, out of nowhere comes pain, disappointment, hurt, distraction and busyness. And you're like, I never, I never planted that. I never wanted that, I just wanted fruit. But somewhere along the, line, along the road, along the, somewhere, <laughs> the plant grows and out of nowhere weeds come. Do you ever wonder where the heck these weeds come from? Like that thing, that thing's ugly. I didn't plant it. This, I don't see any other weeds like that around me. And suddenly it appears in my garden. This is what happens in faith too. There's things that come out of nowhere to choke out the potential in your life. And what happens as we grow in the good, things grow that compete with His good. And we just grow up in a, listen, listen to me for a moment, church. Our world is broken. Uh, weeds are commonplace. Grace is supernaturally given. We actually should be, should, should be surprised at the grace and not surprised at the weeds. But we get surprised when the weeds come and we just expect grace. We should be grateful for His grace and be aware there's always gonna be weeds so we just deal with them. Notice it never says the Christian falls away. You can still be in church and have lost your fruitfulness, but today's the day. This season's the season. And over this next little process, I believe if we can remove them, we can see the harvest that God has for us, amen? amen. So I won't have time to show it, but Mark 4, maybe we'll put it up just for a moment, and, the, and then in Luke 8, it basically summarises all the different types of weeds. Now, again, you read it this week just for time, but it's there. I wanna show you, Jesus says there's four types of weeds that's gonna choke you out that's gonna stop your potential. And he categorises it this way. The first thing he says in different versions, the cares or the worries of this world. The first thing that chokes out your potential and stops you from being your best you and letting God see fruit, more fruit, much fruit and lasting fruit is we get worried. Now you have cares that can come down. You've got cares, but that's okay. He says, cast your cares to Him. You see, naturally we worry and we care how are we gonna get what we need, how are we gonna get by, and it's good to care, but very quickly once we start caring, we take control from God and we carry that care. And what is natural actually becomes a distraction and the cares of the world fill our mind space. They fill our conversations. They fill our diary, they fill, our, they fill up our planning and we care too much about things that matter but don't matter more than God and they take over, they become a weed. The next thing Jesus says is, gets in the way is the deceitfulness of riches. Now, Jesus is very specific here. He does not say riches. He says deceitfulness of riches. Money, money itself isn't bad. What happens with money is when we stop focusing on Him as my provider, He is the one that gives me life and seed and growth and harvest, and I start thinking, if I can get that, then I'll be happy, it's deceitful. And when I have riches, and then I think I have to strategize, think and plan how I can get more riches, and it takes my attention. If I am strategizing about riches more than I'm thanking God for what I have and entrusting Him for my riches, then it becomes a weed. And the enemy takes what is a blessing from God and turns it into something that distracts you from you reaching your potential in God. The next thing Jesus says happens is the pleasures of life. Now, know this, God gives all things in this world for your pleasure. However, you were created for His pleasure. So while He blesses you, the moment you live to be blessed or to have the things that pleasure you, now suddenly that's become God instead of Him. 
And the one that gave you life and gave you the pleasures of this world, suddenly we've taken our eyes off him and put our eyes on those pleasures. There's so many things we chase after. I mean, how often does kids' sport get in the way of an environment that grows them? So kids' sport's not bad, but don't let it be a replacement for God. Can I say work is a pleasure, hopefully for many of us, but don't let it be a replacement for God. Family is a pleasure, but don't let it be a, re a replacement for God. Can I say, even if you use your gift to our worship team, preachers, I love to preach, but the moment the preaching gets more important than my relationship with God, it's actually become a weed. Even if it's preaching. Because anything that takes my attention from God, even though it was a gift from God, becomes a weed. But if I have it in its right order, that I am to bring pleasure to Him, I can do what God gave me to do and enjoy it while He is my source, amen? And the last thing Jesus says is the desires of other things. Kind of sums it up in a neat bow with saying everything else. So let me say it this way. How much do you desire in the morning to pick up your phone and see what happened on social media? Nothing, but we do. How much do we desire to be where they are? How much do we think about that person? How much do we focus on that job? How much do we think about our career? Just the desires of other things. And when they come, become, take away the primary, when they be, take away our, God being our, having our primary attention, that desire actually becomes a weed. Let me just say it this way, guys. There's always gonna be where you are and where you want to be. There's always gonna be a gap. Church, there's, there's always gonna be a marriage gap. There's always gonna be a financial gap. There's always gonna be a physical gap. There's always gonna be a, 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 a health and a pleasure gap. And, and that gap is where God inserts His grace. But what we do is we insert it with our works and our plans, and all of a sudden we no longer have grace which allows our fruitfulness to happen. And what we have to do is know it's okay, there's a gap. I trust God, I get help, I get wisdom, but He is first my source. And if you try to make yourself always be where you want to be, you will never allow for grace that allows you to accelerate and be the fruitful person God called you to be. It's not of your hand, it's of His hand that the seed is is fruitful, amen? amen? Maybe just the keys can come. So it's not that these things take you away from Christianity, it's that these things choke out your potential. Is that they stop you from living your life. So you can be a church attender, you can be a dream team member, you can be a preacher, you can be a business owner, you can be a mum or dad, but the truth is if we're honest for a moment, the reason most of us don't reach our potential is we get crowded in with stuff. And Jesus calls them weeds. Can I be honest about me? In the last year, three years of what we all walk through, is big on everyone. And for me, it's been big to lead a church through that. Lead a family, lead myself, walk through the struggles of mental health through that, physical health, uh, spiritual, all that comes with the territory. And, and then the last six months is like God gave us vision, like, let's go. And all of a sudden we're running, we're, God's calling us to start a wellness clinic. People receive mental, physical, emotional, relational healing. Uh, we're starting new campuses. We're, we're changing name to take us into a new season. We're doing marriage retreats and kids one days. And we've got vision for this year and we're ready to run. And if I'm honest, all those things I believe came from God. But what happened for me is that you're running trying to do for God rather than just being with God. And while they're from Him, they crowd your space. 
If I'm honest, I get to the end of last year and, and, and I don't have the same clarity. I'm tired, lethargic, spiritually tired as well as physically tired. And I got to the end of the last year and I went, hey, this is not who I'm created to be. There's more inside of me, but I'm trying to do it myself and I'm doing it with the right heart, but naturally I just get the order wrong. And I'm saying it to say, if I do it, maybe we all do it at times. And I've had to get to this start of this year and have conversations with Shans and say, I've got to change some things. And I had to chat to some people I trust and say, there's some weeds that just grew up next to what I believe was a seed of potential and I need some help to pull them up too. I, at the start of this year for this month, I've deleted social media and I just got, I need to clear my space and, and not have a desire for other things. There's dreams God's put in our heart when it comes to smart investments and all that. And I was trying to squeeze that in last year and I had to say, God, I don't think it's a bad idea, but if I'm trying to fill it right now to get me ahead more than trusting away waiting for the God timing, I'm in control and I've had to reset some things. What am I saying? We've all got potential, but if you're living in good soil, there's a good chance there's some weeds that just appear and they try to crowd out God's best for your life. For our church, I believe God has revival. And I'm so aware it does not happen because of me but it doesn't happen without me either. And it's the exact same for you. God, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. For God's loved the world. He's not establishing just a church, He's establishing His church. He came to build kingdom. And that therefore means that if we wanna see God's plan outwork for His church, it requires all of us to deal with the weeds in our life so that together we can see God's great outpouring happen in His church, which includes us. So that means we've got to pray together and we've got to hunger together and we've got to weed together and we've got to believe together and move forward together. Because if you're anything like me, there's some things that are trying to choke out the potential of God's good for your life. And it's not that you're a bad seed, it's not. And it's not that you're in a bad environment. I don't believe it is. I believe that the enemy comes and tries to choke out. But this is why we sing, hallelujah, hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. It doesn't have a grip on you. It just is growing up around you. I believe it can't choke you out, but it can distract you and smother you. So don't think that addiction has a grip because death has lost its grip, but it looks like it has a grip and it encroaches on your headspace. And don't think that debt has a grip on you. It doesn't have a grip on you. It's time to realise that there is one that saw potential on the inside of you and to pull it out from the root. There's things that have had a held hold on you for too long. The approval of others online, the approval of others in, in business, the ability and need to succeed and go further. And I believe God's blessing is there to make you the head and the, not the tail, above and not beneath. He has called you to ministry. He has called you to marketplace impact. He has called you to grow a family. He has called you to have a great marriage. But it's time to realise He he is the one that calls. He is the one that plants the seed. He is the one that sees the potential, but He calls us to get rid of the weeds. He requires us to grab it at His root and say no more. And it won't be a one-time process. I've pulled out weeds before. Little stinkers come back. 
And maybe you felt like you've dealt with things. Yeah, you have. And if you got it from its root, I believe you've conquered it in Jesus' Name. But there'll be little shoots that come back. But I promise if you deal with it, at the start of this year, if you were to go, what are those distractions? What are those things that covered my attention? What are those things I lust after? What are those things I desire for? And I am not just gonna mow over them. I'm not just gonna just try and be better. I'm gonna pull them up from the root. And what I believe in this next year, they're gonna try and come again. But you know what? The one of the sunsets free is free indeed. I'm not dealing with that anymore. I know what it is to have a 60-fold harvest. And then when you start to get that harvest and more in your life, I believe God's gonna allow you to go through the process of pulling them up again, not because you're bad. It's actually a sign that you're good. And He's got more for your life. It's time to get ahead. It's time to see what God's got. It's time to, for some of you, you are cold to ministry. There's been a season of in-between and rest. But the moment we rest, the weeds appear. Deal with the weeds and step back in. Can I say, one thing I found about weeding, it takes time. So here's the reason we're not gonna do an altar call today, although I believe in them with all of my heart. It's not a one-time process. It's an ongoing process of being willing to say, I don't want that, I don't want that. Do you know how many times I've picked up my phone and scrolled to Instagram and it's not there? I'm still going back to it. It's not even on my phone anymore. But it's become a distraction. I'm not against it, I just needed to make it do a pause. This is a process. I'm saying, God, whatever my thought patterns are, whatever my behaviours are, I'm letting go in Jesus' Name. Because the harvest can only be fully reaped when the weeds go. Amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, 
the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.